Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. Welcome to this Monday edition of Daybreak Devotions from McLeansville Baptist Church. And I am glad that we're all here, but I'm going to be honest with you. I was supposed to be somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm not. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm supposed to be on top of Mount Mitchell right yes, now. Yes, you are. But alas, here I am. But that's okay, you know, because we've got things to do. And it's Monday. It's a brand new week. And just exciting. Exciting to start because you know that if it's Monday... August the 14th, then that means we are one week closer to, what is it? The most wonderful time of the year? That's right. You know, around Easter we sing that song that says, it's Friday, Mm -hmm. but Sunday's coming. I think you would have a variation of that to be like, it's August, but September's coming. Yeah, but that's too many syllables, so we'd have to kind of whittle that down to... It's summer, (laughs) but fall's a-coming. Yeah. So is Jubilee. Uh, Well, welcome to all of you that are listening today. This is Pastor Mike Barnett with Pastor Corey Cantrell. You will recognize us, but we are joined today in studio live by a guest, none other than one of our, what will we say? I mean, a feature, a a bedrock cornerstone of McLeansville Baptist Church. Yes, staple is is too... Staples, you can't, low, that does, that's yeah, lowbrow. It doesn't give it enough gumption. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah. We, we, we've joined by Thomas Gumption Gaskins this morning. Sir Thomas of Gaskins. Good morning, Me. sir. Good morning. Yeah, he just happened by, and we just kind of, you know, brought him on in. There we were, and wouldn't you know it, Yep. in walked Sir Thomas. You know, all we're missing is Deacon Dean. Oh, man. <laughs> this would be then a, a quartet of just... Conundrum. Yeah. <laughs> We've been spouting out a lot of words today. You always think it was Wednesday. Okay. But it's not. It's Monday. And uh, it's going to be a good Monday, a good broadcast. Brother Tommy, good to have you with us today. Thank you, my friend. He came by for free coffee, and <laughs> so we just corralled him in. But together uh, this morning, here in just a moment, we're going to start looking at Psalm 68. And I, I just had to bring this. Honestly, this morning in my prayer time, I really thought, you know, this is, and it was, it it was and it is for me. There's some personal things for me out of this, but it has been the cause of a lot of just reflection all through the morning and excited about it. And, uh, and, and just, I think it'll be a good way for all of us to kick off a brand new week on a Monday morning. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 68. And if you're not familiar with that while you're finding it, it's a, yeah, it's a medium-sized Psalm, good solid 35 verses. We won't be looking at every single verse of that psalm today. Really what I want to tell you about, what I want to focus on this morning is the worthiness of God. And as I thought about, I'm going to show you three things that are pretty common in the Scriptures about God, who He is to us, and we'll talk about those things. But when it all came back in my heart and mind at, at, the, at kind of the close of my reflections on this, I just wrote down, you're worthy of it all. And you know what the Bible tells us. So I, I, look, I'm going to have to be honest with you. We don't have a good game plan this morning, so I'm just going to go with uh, wherever my gut's leading. Just roll with it. <laughs> Revelation chapter 4. 
you know, this is what the, the song makes me think of, and there's, of course, other places, but very end of Revelation chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. How about Romans chapter 11 and uh, verse number 36? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. How about Psalm 29, verse 1 and 2? Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, in Psalm 29, it says, give unto the Lord. But I like the word, the way the the translators did it in, in Psalm 68 and verse 34. They used the word ascribe. That sounds very just right to me. Ascribe ye strength unto God. His excellency is over Israel and his strength is, is in the clouds. And when we think about what God is worthy of, man, we could put a list down. But at, at the end of that list, we're going to have to come back and say he's worthy of it all. Mm-hmm. There's nothing he doesn't ha- get all the credit for. There's nothing we even have to offer him that he didn't give us in the first place. Let me ask you a question. Because I, I think it, maybe this is just reflective of me. If I, if I make statements like he's worthy of it all and I start with that statement, my worship I've found is very cheapened because it's, it's operating in generalities. Mm-hmm. But the times where I have made the list and been specific and listed, 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 and then ended with the, you know what, God, you're worthy of it all. Yep. Now it's much richer because I've taken the diligence to to be specific about a few things, and now I'm not operating in generalities. Now I'm operating under the... <laughs> You're thinking. Yes. And that that is, we were just talking uh, off air about the lady that was speaking in the conference, and I said that the, the church needs to reclaim, she said diversity, and then she said the university. Yeah. And that was the whole point there, that... The, the, the world out there, atheists and, and all of them, they look at Christians and say, well, you people are just, you don't even think. You're non-thinking people. You've just thrown your faith into this God that you, you know, but you don't even have answers for anything. Well, shame on the church for yes. becoming the kind of people that we don't have answers for anything because that's not the way the Bible leads us. If we become thinking people to the point you're making, I'm not just cliche anymore. I'm not just, yeah, God is worthy. Do you know why you can listen to a song like that and it resonates with you? And some people can listen to a song like that and say, oh, that's all right. It's because some of us have thought through why he's worthy of it all. Yes. Some of us know why he's worthy of it all. Because some of us have lived Psalm 68. Some of us have lived Mark chapter 5, which came to me this morning. You know, I, I, I taught from there on Wednesday night last week. And I'm going to show you how it aligns in just a moment. Okay. But you, you, you introduced this well. You said... He's worthy of this. He's worthy because of this. He's worthy because of this. He's just worthy of it all. And that's how this developed in my heart this morning. So let me show you. Not only has God, not only does God, but I'm going to tell you, God will. He has, does, and he will. Whatever it is that's needed. But in what what three ways, and this will be familiar to you. Verse 19 and 20 of Psalm 68. 
We're just going to highlight the, the key points. Now, you got to just read this whole psalm. It's wonderful. But in verse 19 and 20, it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Selah. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belong the issues from death. So the first thing we can take out of this psalm is that he is the God of my salvation. He is the God who comes to me and not only delivers me from sin in, in the first place, but continues to come and save me and deliver me. And when I am at a place where my life is just kind of overwhelmed with the issues of death and, and I feel like things are falling apart and things aren't going well, he comes and delivers us. Now, I want to show you that in Mark chapter 5. And this is, again, where I was at Wednesday night, so it came back to me as I was studying in this. Remember, he's the God of our salvation. Mark chapter 5, he gets off the boat in the land of the Gadarenes. Here's this man possessed of these demons, and the encounter happens. And I just want to read verse 8. Jesus walks up to this demon-possessed man, and he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. He spoke the word. And what does the word do for this man? It brings salvation to him. He is the God of salvation. And you know, when you are in a bad way, when life is very difficult, he is still the God of salvation who will speak his word and deliver us. And you say, well, did that man get delivered? Well, if we know the story, we know he did because a few verses later, he's sitting there clothed in his right mind and wanting to follow Jesus. Yeah, He is the God of salvation. Now, he is secondly... The God of, anybody want to take a shot at it? You go on ahead. Cause... Well, let me give a clue to everybody. Okay. Exodus chapter 15, the first song of the Bible, after they've crossed the Red Sea, this is the song that Moses sang with the children of Israel, and he says this, The Lord is my strength, verse 2, The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Do you hear the three things that Moses claimed the children of Israel said? They said, they said right after crossing the Red Sea, God is three things. He's our strength, our song, our salvation. You can go to Psalm 18 and verse number 14, and you will see. Once again, the Bible says that he is our strength, our song, our salvation. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 2, the Lord is our strength, our song, our salvation. He is all three of those things. That's a prominent theme through the Scripture. So what do they mean? And maybe I should have just started with that kind of an introduction, but hey, you're joining us live. We're just kind of doing it as we feel it. <laughs> but he's our salvation. He delivers us by his word, okay? But then he's our strength. Back in Psalm 68, in verse number 28, look at what it says. It says, Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen thou, O God, that which thou hast wrought for us. You know, that takes me back um, nine plus years ago. That verse of Scripture, if you were to scroll up one verse before that, you'll see where my youngest son got his name. Man, we were praying over that because we had had a really rough time. Uh, of, what is that? That would be 2014. So seven years before that, we had a really rough time with, uh, with a pregnancy and the loss of a child. And my wife was in the hospital with some pretty serious complications for weeks and weeks. And there were a lot of are, who's going to make it and who's not going to make it occasions. And, man, I remember praying and reading my Bible and coming to those verses and just getting peace. 
I mean, we were waiting on Benjamin. Is it going to happen? Is this going to turn out to be like it was last time? God, what's going to happen? And God says, I command strength. You can believe me. I am. And I, that, that verse was the solid, like, that's, that's the peace right there. God said, I've got the strength. This is mine. I will handle this. You can trust me. And he, he not only delivers me because he's my salvation, but I, I'm glad he defends me because he's my strength and defends me against all my enemies. Well, what are my enemies? My enemies can be anything from, you know, people to, I mean, people that are trying to do wrong to evil spirits coming against me to just fear, right? Mm-hmm. The fear of the unknown. But he defends us. He heals and restores and he gives strength. Now, how does he do that? Mark 5, 8, he saves by his word. But look at Mark 5 again. Boy, if you're getting your Bible thumb exercise in today. Mark chapter 5, later when he meets this woman who had been taken for 12 years with an issue of blood. And in verse number 30, uh, after she uh, comes to Jesus, it says that she reaches out to touch the hem of his garment. She believes that she can be healed. And it says... I'll read verse 29. Straightway the fountain of her blood, after she touched him, was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. How does he give us strength? How is he our strength? It's by the virtue of who he is. It's his character. It's his nature. It's his presence in our life that gives us strength. And so He's the God of salvation who delivers us by his word. He's the God of strength who defends us by his virtue. I know you're wanting to jump in, and you're going to have to, or I won't stop. I I can't help but think, and I've never thought of this before until you were making that point, but the earlier part of Mark 5, you've got this uh, demoniac man who has superhuman strength. I mean, he's breaking fetters, he's breaking chains, he's doing all of these fantastic feats of just, Raw physical strength. And a lot of times we look and we see, yeah, you know, forces of evil can can strengthen you to do mighty things. But I think we fall into the trap of not thinking that that the strength of Jesus is, well, we see it displayed. It's far greater than these these false spirits. Mm -hmm. So why do we limit and think that, well, Jesus doesn't operate that way? That's exactly how Jesus operates. He, He pours his strength into his people just the same way that Satan pours his strength into those that he has bound. For two different purposes. Yes. You know, Satan, it's all about, well, I, I, it's all about his name and his... Uh, and death and destruction. Yes. But Jesus doing it to bring life and Healing. peace and joy. Man, He's worthy of it all. There's help that's here. Yeah. And the lady says here in verse 28, for she said, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes and if you'll notice those next four words uh it was not that she would be healed it was not that something may be made better but she her words was i shall be whole you'll not touch the lord jesus uh you bring yourself to him and at that very time at that very moment next word it says and immediately Immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, you'll never you'll never reach out to touch the Lord Jesus that he is not knowing of your heart, your heart coming to him to be made whole. Yeah, and wholeness is all of those things. It's wholeness of of body, 
its wholeness of mind, its wholeness of spirit. When Jesus makes us whole, he's making us wholly whole. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, just it's important to say right now, because whoever's listening that's thinking, you know, but why why do I still struggle with this and why am I still dealing with this? Well, just understand, he's making you whole. When I first came to Christ and really gave my life to him, there were some things that he immediately dealt with. There were some things that were immediately done in my life. And there were other things that weren't. There are some things that still aren't completely done, and there are things that surfaced years down the road I didn't even know needed to be dealt with. Why is that? Because he's making me whole. This is a process of renewal. We've said this before. If he just snaps his fingers and turns us into perfect saints, we're not ready for eternity. That's a fairy tale. This isn't a fairy tale. This is the deepest, truest, richest reality you can you can ever come across, that we're not just being made into something that we won't even understand. But when we are in eternity, when we're living out the rest of eternity in the the, the, the life of God, we are going to know who we are and we are going to know him as he is, and that's not possible without this process of renewal and restoration. Absolutely. He's our salvation. He delivers us by his word. He's our strength. He defends us by his virtue. But the last one, coming to the toward the end of Psalm 68, is, yep, he's our song. So what is this? It says, Sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth. O sing praises unto the Lord, Selah. To him that rideth upon the heavens of heavens, which were of old, lo, he doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. And so what are we to do? Ascribe ye strength unto God. His excellency is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. What does that mean? That means whenever I talk about God or sing about God or preach about God, I ought to make sure that I'm saying he's worthy. All the glory is his. All the victory is his. All the power is his. I have nothing to offer. It's his strength. O God, thou art terrible out of all thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. How is God terrible? He's terrible in that, man, he will just amaze you and astound you. And uh, so he's, he's God my salvation, he's God my strength, but he's God my song. Not only does he deliver me, not only does he defend me, but he delights me by his wonderful, uh, merciful gracious acts. He does for me what I could never deserve. Now, where do I see that in Mark chapter 5? Very end of the chapter. Remember where it all started. He gets back from the demoniac man and meets a man by the name of Jairus, whose daughter is about to die. And as they come to the end of the the chapter there, and Jesus has been making his way to Jairus' house, they send the servants and say, don't worry, don't bother him anymore, don't trouble the master any further. She's already dead. It's too late. But verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And when he gets to the house, you know what he does? He does that which delights the heart, not only of Jairus, but of Peter and James and John who got to witness it. It says that Jesus, when he walks in there, he takes her by the hand. He speaks that word. Virtue goes out of him. And straightway, verse 42, the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And look at that. They were astonished with great astonishment. You know what that means? Blew their minds. You know what that means? That means when they got back to church that next day, they sang, he's worthy of it all. 
<laughs> he is worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. That song says, for from you are all things and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. I, I thought about I started making a list. I didn't get it finished. But I wrote down, he's worthy of my worship, right? He's worthy of my will being laid down and, and given over to him. And that's as far as I got. I thought, man, those two things right there are, are lifetime work, but he's worthy of that. I, I guess you could add that he's worthy of my work, mm-hmm. meaning my effort, putting forth the effort, right? When it was all said and done, I was thinking about a thought that I've been thinking on for a whole month. Remember, it was almost exactly a month ago last Friday, and I know this till I looked at my notes, but I first said this at a Monday night prayer meeting. Brother Tommy, you were there. I said, the Lord told me this morning, if I won't fight, I will lose. Mm-hmm. If I won't fight, I will lose. Right. This morning, it's like there was a culmination of a month of dwelling on that. And I wrote this down. There's only one way to win, and that's to fight. There's only one way to fight, and that's to worship. There's only one way to worship, and that's with the whole heart. And I believe that's what this passage has called forth out of me today, to join in with that great song and say he's worthy of it all. Amen. He is my worth. We just recently had a song here at the church, uh, I'm unworthy, but his grace and mercy, he made me worthy. Yeah, what was that song? My worth is not in what I own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, if we had that one, we could play it going off the air today. Oh, don't worry. We'll We'll get get it. Okay. All right. Well, that's all we have. We're plumb out of time. But uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Brother Tommy, for being here. Thank you. We'll let you all get back to whatever it is you're doing. But whatever you're doing, don't forget, he's worthy of it all day long today. Amen. Amen. And we thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.